Wonderful. Okay. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Josh. If you're a visitor here, it's great to see you. Uh, welcome. Um, I'm part of the leadership team at Good First. Okay, if you've got your Bibles with you, please open them to John chapter 10. As a church, uh, we, yeah, we believe that the Bible is God's word for us today, that it speaks to us, that it's, it's useful, it's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, and so we open the Bible every week on a Sunday, at least, hopefully more, but at least once a week on a Sunday, and we see what God has to say to us uh, through it. Uh, so we're in John uh, today, John chapter 10. If you have not been here for a while, uh, we're going through a series called Real Jesus, a series where we really just, we want to look at who Jesus is. That's what we're passionate about. Jesus, as you heard during worship, is who we love and it's who we're passionate about. And so we're doing a series called Real Jesus, looking at who he really is. But before we do that, I thought we'd play a game. Ooh. Okay, she's taken over. I'm number one fan. Okay, if you were to see this either hanging around my neck or on my wall at home, what do you think it would say about me and my beliefs? Anyone can shout out. You like that? No. Faith. Faith, yeah. That I am a I am a Christian is the exact answer I was looking for. Lovely. Okay, if I was to have one of these on the back of my car, one thing it would mean is that I'm a terrible driver. No. <laughs> what would that mean? What would that say about me? Possibly. That I am a Christian. These are probably two of the most well-known symbols of Christianity. That if someone has one of these on the car or one around their neck, then they probably are a Christian of some sort. Well, when Jesus had left... And in the first few centuries of Christianity, there was actually a different symbol that we don't see so much today. And that was the symbol of the shepherd. That Jesus was a shepherd, and so people would have symbols and use imagery of God, Jesus, as a shepherd. And that's been lost a little bit. Uh, So these are two more popular ones, but a third one back then would have been that of a shepherd. Stanley, who is a, uh, a Bible commentator, says this, the popular religion of the first Christians was, in one word, the religion of the good shepherd. The kindness, the courage, the grace, the love, the beauty of the good shepherd. They looked on that figure and it conveyed to them all they wanted. It's this beautiful image of the shepherd. And that's going to be our focus today. We're going to be looking at the good shepherd. But before we jump into John chapter 10, we're going to take a bit of a wide view, a, a view of the bigger picture, because we've, we've seen that without reading, reading John on its own is helpful and it's good, but you really need to see it's picture in the big picture how does John fit in to the big picture or more specifically how does Jesus fit into the big picture and what is the big picture well the big picture is this God is a shepherd God is a shepherd and so we see 
right at the beginning of scripture. You can look in Genesis, at the end of Genesis, Jacob, Joseph's father on his deathbed, he's dying. And Joseph has come and Jacob said, the Lord was like a shepherd to me. He shepherded me. And then we can, we can read through the Psalms and see these incredible Psalms about God being a shepherd. Psalm 23 being the most popular, the most well-known. What does it say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. He guides me. He, he feeds me. Even in the presence of enemies, he looks after me. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me. So we see God as this shepherd. This shepherd who who loves his people. See, quite often, the God of the Old Testament is, is misunderstood. And you might see Jesus as, you know, the New Testament, the nice God, and God the Father as the Old Testament, the scary, horrible dog who was really angry. Um, dog? God, who was really angry. Actually, it's not further from the truth. God is a shepherd. And all the way through scripture, all the, the big picture, the big story, he's leading his people. He's leading them. He's, 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 he's looking for food for them. He's protecting them. And so it's really important that we see God is a shepherd. And this is a subject that you could spend weeks on. God is a shepherd. And we're just, gonna, we're just zooming through it, really. But it's so important that we see that God is a shepherd. But not only is God a shepherd... But he calls people to lead his people like shepherds. So if you know the story of Moses and, and God's people, are, they're in slavery, they're in Egypt. And God says, to, God says to Moses, lead my people out of slavery into the promised land, into a place that's flowing with milk and honey, into a good place with good pasture and good grass. And it's just like, it's a story like a shepherd leading the people out into a place of goodness, into a place of good pasture. And so Moses, literally, he shepherds the people out from slavery. And he doesn't get into the promised land, Joshua does, but it's this coming out, it's this shepherding. And then, of course, probably the most famous king of biblical times, King David, the warrior king, the king who sort of took over ground and, and won major victories and amazing things happened. Well, he was also a shepherd. He was a shepherd king. So when Samuel goes to find the next king, he finds David in a field tending sheep. So God, in his shepherd heart, sends shepherd leaders. People who will look after the flock. People who will look after God's own people. Protect, lead to safety, feed We also see in the Old Testament bad shepherds. So we see these good shepherds. But in Ezekiel 34, there's this, which is a book in the Old Testament, there's this, I can read it. God says this to Ezekiel, he says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. So they've been given this incredible privilege by God to lead the people of Israel, but they just take care of themselves. They forget God's people and they just look after themselves. And so there's this instance of bad shepherding. And what does God say? He said, woe to you. This is not what shepherding is. And he's really strong. 
And so we have good shepherds, we have bad shepherds. And there's this, also this other theme that is running through the whole of the Old Testament. So Psalms, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Micah, and it's this, someone is coming. Someone is coming. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Someone is coming. Micah says this, he will stand and shepherd his flock. Someone is coming who will stand and shepherd his flock. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Someone's coming. There's been shepherd kings, David. There's been shepherd-like figures, Moses. But someone is coming. Ezekiel 34, if we go back there, after God saying, woe to you, he says this. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will rescue them. I will bring them out. I will pasture them. I will tend them in good pasture. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. I will shepherd the flock with justice. There's a shepherd that's coming who's going to do all of this. It's absolutely amazing. After the, the backdrop of the bad shepherds who were just looking after themselves. Forget everyone else. I'm looking after myself. God says, I will send someone who will tend the flock, who will bring back the strays, who will love the flock. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Someone is coming. Someone is coming. A shepherd is coming. John 10, verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow them because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock scatters. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? 
But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Again, there's a common theme going through John, which is that Jesus creates opinions. Some people, his demon possessed. Other people, who is this guy? It's just a common theme. I am the good shepherd. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. He has arrived. Enter Jesus, the good shepherd. The Ezekiel 34 promised shepherd. Someday, someone's going to come. Jesus stands up. I am the good shepherd. The shepherd has arrived. It's this amazing, beautiful picture of who God is. Who Jesus is. He is a shepherd. First thing I want us to look at. See if I've got slides in the right order. Yes, I do. Is that sheep hear the shepherd's voice. Point number one. Sheep hear the shepherd's voice. When we're looking at this picture of what Jesus is saying, he's saying he is the shepherd, and he's saying followers of him are the sheep, i.e. Christians. So we, as sheep, get to hear Jesus' voice. That's as simple as what he's saying. If you're a Christian, if you belong to Christ, if you said yes to Christ, you get to hear Jesus' voice. Simple as that. And this is really, really important, because you can perhaps make the mistake of thinking that to hear Jesus' voice you need to be a certain level of Christian. You need to have been a Christian for five years or have read the Bible from front to back or have a certain level of prayer life. Actually, Jesus sets the bar very, very low. He says, you want to hear my voice? Be a sheep. Sheep are not like the most impressive animals. I was going to get on all four then and do like an impression, but I thought I wouldn't do that. They're not. They need to be looked after. There's not, there's not many animals. I mean, they, they just need to be looked after. And Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So the bar is super low. If you belong to Christ, if you've become a Christian, then you can hear Jesus' voice. It's amazing. You can hear the shepherd's voice. So when Jesus would have been speaking, most people own sheep. Obviously today, we don't all have a couple of sheep at home, I assume. I've not, oh, I've, oh, Wendy. Wendy does. Amazing. <laughs> One person does. That's brilliant. But normally, most people don't have sheep, okay? <laughs> and you're going to get this picture brilliantly, Wendy. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> uh, but Jesus would have been speaking to an audience who probably had a couple of sheep at home each to sort of see them through the winter with nice wool jumpers and all that sort of stuff to keep them safe, to keep them fed, to keep them warm. And obviously, if everyone has a couple of sheep, then that's quite a lot of sheep. And... What could happen? You can picture the scene, because in the night, quite often, if you owned a couple of sheep, you would keep them in your house, in a back part of your house. And in the morning, you'd obviously take them out to the grass, to the pasture, to go and get them food. And you can kind of imagine, if everyone's got a couple of sheep down your street, and you know, you've got 20 houses in your street, then there's going to be quite a lot of sheep getting taken out of your house to the pasture. And it could be a really messy, confused situation. Like, there's so many sheep everywhere. How, like, how are they going to get where they go? Well, 
at the time of writing, at the time of speaking, what the shepherds would have done is they'd have used their voice to control the sheep. And there would have been a few different ways they could have done it. It could have been like a whistle, something like that. It could have been a saying like, come, 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 come. Or it could have been like a song. Something like that. And the sheep would hear the shepherd's voice and respond to it. Now, Irma and myself could have the same song. So we could both go, ah, Okay, and it's the same song, and it sounds really similar. One of us can sing in tune, though. <laughs> I'm only joking. But the sheep will know, oh no, Emil's not my shepherd. Because they know their shepherd's voice. And it really is incredible. You think about the amount of sheep, there would have been a bunch of shepherds, but the sheep follow the voice of their shepherd. Even if it sounds identical to us, they know the voice of the shepherd. And Jesus is saying, my sheep know my voice we know his voice we can hear his voice as sheep and this is so important because you know another big picture another big story is God wants a family that really is the story of scripture if you've wondered, like, wow, this is a really long book, there's loads of confusing stuff in it, what's going on? Like, bottom line, God wants a family. And to have relationship, you need to be able to speak to each other. And so Jesus says, you can hear my voice. So today, Jesus wants to have relationship with us. And he speaks. And he says, this is what you need to be. You need to be a follower of me. You need to be a sheep. You don't need to be super Christian. You need to be sheep. And then you get to hear my voice. It's amazing. It really is absolutely amazing. But as we hear the voice of Jesus, we have a question to answer. And that is, what do we do when we hear his voice? Because if you've if you've seen shepherding nowadays, or at least in the UK, not all shepherds lead from the front with their voice. But they will be driving around on one of these like quad bikes, that four-wheeler, like driving around, and they'll usually send out dogs to herd the sheep. And so you've got these two like crazy sheep dogs, that unbelievable amount of energy, gathering the sheep. And so it's not so much a, a leading and saying, come, come. It's a shepherd from behind with their dogs saying, you're going to go. Go that way. And the sheep are kind of like, yeah, we're going to go that way. <laughs> because they don't want to take on a dog. Jesus leads from the front. He doesn't send out his dogs. It's really important we understand this because this is grace. This is the gospel of grace. This is what we believe. Is that Jesus says, hey, I'm calling you. Come this way. You know my voice. Come. But he's never going to stand behind us. And say, so you need to go that way. You need to do that. I'm going to, if, you, if you don't go to church on Sunday, I'm going to send out my dogs. If you don't do this, I'm going to send out my dogs. It's really important that we understand this. So with Jesus' graceful call from, a, from in front of us, we have a decision to make. Do we follow that or not? Isn't that a nice picture of a sheep? Wow. 
could have given you a better one for your mask. <laughs> Next time, Wendy. Why is it in the bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Uh, this, this on the right is a dog. Is it really? He is a dog <laughs> called Harvey, and he is my dog. He knows my voice. I have known him for four years, and he, um, you know, we've done some training with him. He can sit. He's a Swedish dog, so I speak Swedish to him. He can stanna, which means stay. He can leak, which means lie down. He can, he can sit by his food bowl, like this, and wait until I have eye contact with him and say, Varsågod, and that means that you're welcome, and he, and he will wait until I say that before he eats. The one that I'm the most proud of is that he can snurra, so he can like spin around. In fact, I was trying to get my son to spin around the other day, and then Harvey was just there going, like, I can do it! <laughs> so so he, was, he was trying to impress me, obviously. Like, he knows my voice. But what the estate agent didn't tell us when we bought our house, we bought our house a year ago, is that our house comes with a secret, special, magical door that when Harvey walks through into the outside world, he decides not to listen to my voice. And so we can take him out on a walk, and he still knows my voice. He still knows sit. He definitely still knows snurder. But there's other voices there as well. There's people, big and small. There's animals, cats, dogs, deer, rabbits. There's lampposts. There's used toilet roll. There's some tempting stuff for Harvey. There's some, there's some other voices out there. All of a sudden, he's not just hearing my voice, he's hearing many different voices. And to be honest, he does not always listen. So I will say, come. And he'll be like, he'll look at me, then he'll look at the used toilet roll, then he'll look at me, then he'll look at the used toilet roll, and he'll be like, I'm off. And he goes, and he just, he knows my voice, he loves me, but he still decides to go after something that would please him. And really, it's exactly the same for us. This scripture is super relevant because there are loads of different voices. There are loads of different voices out there. Friends, relatives, work colleagues. You don't believe that, do you? You think the Bible says that about marriage? You do that on the Sunday? During the week, you're part of a church plant? Isn't that quite hard work? All these different voices out there saying, come this way. And Jesus is standing there, and he's saying, no, come. Come this way. We know his voice. We hear his voice. He's saying, come. But then there's this voice over here saying, don't listen to that. And then there's another voice over here saying, and we have a choice because it's grace. Jesus doesn't say, you must come or else. He says, come. I know the good way. I know the way to pasture. And then throughout the scripture in John 10, he talks about thieves, he talks about robbers, he talks about wolves. There's an enemy that we have trying to destroy everything that Jesus is saying. Everything. He is against the shepherd. The enemy is against the shepherd. 
And so as Jesus says, come this way, there's good pasture, I can lead you. There's this enemy over here saying, don't listen to a word he says, it's all rubbish, it's all lies. And, and, and we have this choice. Do we follow Jesus' voice, his grace-filled voice? Uh, Joyce? Voice. Because we have an enemy who wants to take away his voice. Jesus wants to shepherd us. He wants to lead us. But it's our decision. It's the grace of God. Yeah. The shepherd wants to look after us. He wants to nourish us. He loves us. I just I thought worship was powerful this morning and not sure if we'll have time to do a song at the end, but I just thought, you know what? God there's obviously God loves us. The shepherd loves us. He knows what's best for us. I spoke a couple of weeks ago about my son eating sand rather than following my directions. He thinks he knows what's good for him. He thinks that sand is good for him. So he avoids me. He, he runs away, hides under a table and eats some sand. Actually, I know what's good for him. And it's the same here. It's the Lord is my shepherd. The shepherd knows. Don't listen to other voices. Hear the voice of the shepherd. Hear Jesus. Because the enemy is just trying to do the opposite. And it doesn't mean, I think it's important to say this, it doesn't mean we're going to have a pain-free life. As long as we hear Jesus, as long as we hear his voice, we follow that perfectly, then we're going to get a pain-free life. It doesn't mean that. But what it means is this, the Lord is my shepherd, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. We are all guaranteed tough lives. Jesus said it, pick up your cross. If you want to follow me, pick up your cross. We're guaranteed tough lives. I don't, need, I, mean, I don't even need to say that, really. Following, being a Christian, following the shepherd's voice, doesn't mean everything is just suddenly going to get given to you and fallen on your plate. But what it means is as you go through these tough times, which they are tough, we have a shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. That means that when we come up against the tough times... We can be brave because we know that the Lord is my shepherd and he's with me. Jesus is my shepherd. We know his voice. We are his sheep. It's just incredible. I just hit, found, saw some news yesterday. I mean, there's, uh, there's a guy who owns Leicester City Football Club who is super rich, super rich. Um, and his helicopter came down after the game yesterday. So he, he arrives on helicopter every game. And it came down after the game. And he was in it and there's been no more news so it's really really extremely tragic and I just thought we so often find ourselves thinking that money is the answer to everything that money is my shepherd that as long as I follow money then I will be safe the reality is that nothing other than the Lord being your shepherd is going to satisfy the Lord is my shepherd it's such good news it really is it means that even in death, we can face it with confidence because we know God is our shepherd. So, a challenge. A challenge to you. Who do you, who do you respond like when you hear Jesus' voice? Do you respond like Harvey and be like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you know what? This bit of used toilet roll is a lot better than what you're offering. Because that is, that is, I mean, that is the, off, I mean, to be honest, that is sin. It is like a used toilet roll. We think it's nice. It's not. Especially for me the next day. 
<laughs> or, do, or do we respond like a sheep who says, Jesus, I hear you, I hear your voice, and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to follow you. We get to decide. Let's move on. Number two. Okay. Uh, we will find pasture. He will lead us to pasture. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture, find food. Hot summer this year in Sweden. We had about two months, at least, I think, and there's like maybe one or two days of rain. And someone coming from the UK, from a cold country, a wet country, if you were to say to me, oh, there's not going to be any rain for two months, it's just going to be sun, I'd be like, that's amazing. Barbecues every day, swimming in the lakes, like living the life of Riley, enjoying myself. But the reality is, as I experienced that, there's one, probably a few, but one major problem when there's no rain and a lot of sun, and that's grass doesn't grow. So I had to cut my, cut my grass one time over the whole of summer because it wasn't growing. And obviously Jesus talking in a context where it was hot, this would often be a problem for shepherds. The sheep need food, sheep eat grass, grass doesn't grow so well in the sun, and so the, jobs, the job of a shepherd would be to try and find good pasture. So they'd say, hey, follow me. And they'd lead the sheep to a new place where there's good pasture, where there's good food, where there's good grass. And this, this is exactly Jesus' job. This is what he does for us. He leads us to good pasture. So as you follow his voice, he leads you to the good stuff. He leads you to grass, even in a, in a hot context where there's loads of different dangers. He says, no, you avoid that, avoid that. You think it's good for you, it's not. It's not good for you, don't do that. Don't. Hey, come here, follow me. This, this is good pasture. Uh, Nina had a picture before. We, so we're a church plant, we've been here a few years. Uh, Nina uh, had a picture before we moved here of Sweden wrapped in chains and there's this picture literally of Sweden just wrapped in chains like this. And really just hearing this message, as, as, as the chains broke, was her pitch. As the chains broke, there was this William Wallace, Braveheart, if you've seen the film, Braveheart cry of freedom! Probably slightly more aggressive and warrior-like than that was, but <laughs> thank you. And there's this, this shout of freedom... Jesus said that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Sweden is a country that, from the outside, looks like it's got it all. It's got good finances, good work to life, balance, largon. But the more I've lived here, the longer I've lived here, the more I've seen, actually that just doesn't bring happiness. There's many, many people who are in a dark place in Sweden. And they are literally wrapped up in chains, wrapped up perhaps in financial chains or, 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 or whatever it is, but they're wrapped up in chains. They don't have freedom. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to full. He says, follow me, I will show you good pasture. Money lies and says, oh, if you, if you earn this much, then you will have good pasture. If you look like this, then you will have good pasture. You, this is the good grass, this is where it's at. 
I mean, these things aren't necessarily bad. Having a house, having a job, having cars, these aren't necessarily bad things. But if you think that is life and life to the full, then you're wrong. Jesus says, follow me. I know good pasture. Life is found not in ourselves, but in the shepherd. It's relationship again. If you want to have life and have it to the full, you find it in Jesus. Nothing else. It really is that. It's, it's that simple. And it's this relationship where we are, as Jesus says, known by God. Which is just absolutely incredible. Like, I've been a Christian for a long time, and you, you can almost get a little bit dull to these statements. Known by God. It's amazing. This is the reality. I'm, I'm average Josh. You can start calling me average Josh if you want. I have an average house. I work an average job. Amazing wife. Not, not everything in my life is average. Amazing kids. I have an average dog. That's okay. So it's probably slightly below average. <laughs> but I, I'm not special. I, yeah. I'm no football star or you know comedian or or whatever it is i'm no one famous i'm average but i'm known by god and that's the same for all of us who are followers of jesus followers of the shepherd we're known by god it means that as you go through life as we've spoken about already you can face challenges good times bad times because you're known by god it means that at the end of the day, death is not the end because we're known by God. It's actually just the beginning. To live is Christ, it's bad. To die is gain, it's amazing. We're known by God. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just like the Father knows me and I know the Father. So the relationship Jesus and the Father have is the same as the relationship that we and Jesus have. That's what he's saying. I know my sheep like my sheep and like my Father and myself know each other. It's absolutely incredible. And this... Uh, it's the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of the gospel. Known by God. And I'm going to finish by just touching on potentially a bit of a confusing uh, statement from Jesus. There are other sheep. Hearing Jesus talk about being the shepherd and that we're the sheep can be quite a cosy pastoral message it's like oh Jesus you love me and you know I feel nice and warm and, and cosy and it's amazing that I'm known by God and these things are all absolutely true and amazing but if it stops there we've actually missed the point and this is so important that we get this because God has got, got us caught up in a much bigger story and Jesus says this there are other sheep and now there's a little bit of debate about, okay, what, what are those sheep? It's most likely that they were the Gentiles, because obviously Jesus was Jewish, talking to a Jewish audience, and God was the God of the Jews. And Jesus says there are other sheep, Gentiles, i.e. non-Jews. There's Jews, there's non-Jews, i.e. everyone else. So there's Jews and there's everyone else. And Jesus is saying there's other sheep. And whether that is exactly what he meant or if it was something slightly different, the point that we can take from it is this, is that there, there are people who are in Christ, people who are Christians, and there are people who are at the moment are not in Christ, who are non-Christians. 
The world is split up into two people, two groups of people. Okay? It's that simple. People who follow Jesus and everyone else. Other sheep. Revelation 7 says this. I find this absolutely beautiful. I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation. So this is, this is in the future. This is, this is, there's a picture here. From all tribes, from all peoples, from all languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in the hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Jews and Gentiles. Swedes, people from the UK, people from Ireland, from Wales, from Brazil, from Zimbabwe, any other nations. All nations standing together before the Lamb, the throne, other sheep. And that's the picture that God has got us caught up in telling this amazing news of being known by God, of even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me. I am loved telling that to other people, other sheep, because at the moment there are other sheep who are not under the protection of the shepherd. And it's a, I just, it's a horrific place to be. Jesus says this to Paul as we finish, I have many people in this city. And I would believe that that is Jesus' voice for us today. He would say there are many people in this city, like sheep without a shepherd. And we have the incredible privilege of partnering together with, with God and going after the lost sheep. So I pray that we will hear this message for ourselves, that we have a shepherd, that we can hear his voice. And I pray that we hear this message for others as well. People who at the moment do not know God. Know this incredible security of being loved by the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the shepherd who is over everything. It is so good. Boy, I could talk a lot more about this, but it's time to finish. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you uh, for your son, Jesus is just amazing it's such a privilege uh, to be able to be called a sheep a, a, a son of God a daughter of God it's just it's just amazing and we thank you for that we thank you that we are known by God we thank you that you will lead us to good pasture that you know the good things for us pray Holy Spirit help us follow your voice um, Lord just give us strength and courage to do that in the difficult challenges of life and I just pray for Gothenburg. I pray for our friends who don't know you yet, who are the other sheep. Lord, I just pray, bring salvation. We thank you that we've seen people saved. Even over the last couple of weeks, we've seen sheep brought into the fold. But we pray for more and more and more. We thank you for catching us up on this incredible, incredible journey with you. We love you, God. We really do. Amen.